welcome to a bonus episode of Cosmic Tales, a Guardians of the Galaxy podcast. I'm Jesse Butler, and I'm here with special guests. I'm Monty. I'm Gareth. Hey, wait, are we? can we not show ourselves on this? Is that, like, part of the deal? I assumed we were just doing audio recording. I mean, because it's a podcast. Are you Are you recording the video also? Answer your question so about fine that listening it's... to your podcast. Yes. Well, I assumed. I, I, I think I was able to make the educated guess that a podcast didn't need video because it won't ever... Anyway, never mind. That this is, is why all you can see is my ceiling right now, which is... That's fair. Fine. You're going to edit this or what? Yes, it will be edited. That's going to lose the spontaneity of our, yeah, our banter. I, yeah. I, <laughs> I will have, capture the spirit. I think we should have final say on edits. <laughs> if you want to edit it for me, I'm totally cool with that, mostly. This episode, we're going to talk about Marvel Superheroes 18 and Marvel 2-in-1 number 5. the first two appearances of the original Guardians of the Galaxy. That's right. They are also conveniently collected in a uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Tomorrow's Avengers trade, which is what I'm yeah. using. That has, that well, that has, like, the rest of the, like, I think up till the end of the, or up till the beginning of the Korvac stuff, maybe? So it has the Defenders crossover, which goes what? Giant Size Defenders 5, Defenders right. 26 through 29, and then it has their Marvel Presents run, which is 3 through 12. And then I believe there's a volume 2 that covers the actual 70s Guardians of the Galaxy title when they finally get their own title. I don't think they got their own title in the 70s. I think their title in the 70s was the Marvel Premiere or whatever. Maybe it was Marvel Premiere Guardians of the Galaxy. The, the stuff know. in that first... Th- because after that, it's like, say it was like, I have a crossover with Avengers, and then... I mean, the Valentino stuff is later... Yeah, I don't have volume 2 yet, but, so uh, I haven't anyway. looked that far ahead. It is a awesome. pretty good trade for getting the classic stuff. The Defenders crossover is pretty awesome because the Defenders are kind of cool in that Doctor <laughs> Strange Hulk team up sort of way. Wow, that's that's kind of like a mean way to say that. This what? this uh, <laughs> it's like uh, so so what you're saying is that the reason why this Guardians in the Galaxy trade is pretty cool is uh, there's some pretty good stuff with the Defenders in there. No, I, this I Defenders actually... crossover is pretty good. How come? Oh, because the Defenders are cool. <laughs> Well, the Guardians are also cool. I will admit, I like the Defenders crossover more than I like this Avengers crossover we just read, but we should maybe start with the first issue. Yeah, the first issue is really weird. It's like a 60s sci-fi comic, like only barely a Marvel-style superhero comic. Yeah, it reminds me a lot more of the initial early Star-Lord stuff. Sure, I haven't read any of the early Star-Lord stuff, so I don't know, but it's it, it reads like those like weird like half-issue or full issue occasionally, like random science fiction comics they would run instead of yeah, like, so back in the 60s before it was all superheroes. Yeah, so Star-Lord is similar in that it's not yeah. tied to the Marvel Universe, and it's in basically a sci-fi mag that they did, yeah. and it has its own history and timeline. What I like about Star-Lord is it's like, I think it was published in 75, but the character is like 20-something at, 20, at 75, and then... It goes on, and then, like, in 1990, he's at a space station, and they're planning the Mars expedition. You know, great stuff. Yeah, of course. Of the original Guardians of the Galaxy, the, you know, Vance Astro left the Earth in, I think, 1988 for his thousand-year journey to whichever 
Oh, did he land like Centauri or something? And now he has to be coated in copper oil or he will die. Yeah. But he was able to develop his psychic powers and is very mean to Yondu. How did he was develop his psychic power? He's Justice from the New Warriors, essentially. Right. But who just, he's a mutant. Is he a mutant? He's just, they didn't yeah, have Justice any... is a mutant. Oh, no, no. But he's, but, but Vance just like went into cryogenic sleep, woke yeah. up, dot, dot, and dot. Had psychic powers. Incredible yeah, psychic powers. Yeah, well, they kind I mean, of mentioned that he just, you know, he wakes up and he's got nothing better to do, so he works on his psychic powers. It's kind of well, unclear. But th- 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 I mean, but he's asleep the whole time. It's yeah, no, really it's, like, so, like that's where my dot dot also dot like he, in. yeah, no, I mean, it's a pretty pretty good point actually. I mean, there's nothing that would imply that uh, during his like thousand year journey, he's like conscious to develop psychic powers. So. I was pretty sure there was a line that made it pretty clear that like basically that's what he's been doing in the twenty years since he woke up in the future. But, um, oh, that's what he's okay, been like, his then, time in the future does, doing. But then, does so anyone who spends twenty years trying to develop their psychic powers can like in the, do all the stuff that he can? Well, he was clearly hanging out with the uh, Yandu and the Alpha Centaurans. But yeah, so the first time he uses his psychic powers, he's an absolute jerk too. But yeah, when he first uses his power, he's Why like, "Why would I care if you kill this savage?" Well, that part I think he was, you know, bluffing to get. I don't know, like, well, because when Yondu is like, why were you such a jerk? He's like, I'm, I'm just, I was just depressed, I guess. I don't know. He doesn't really apologize very much. I mean, well, admittedly, the, the first issue is the only one where Yondu is written like a 1950s Native American, but like but after know, that, he doesn't speak like Tarzan. There's still kind of a bit of uh, racist caricature in the No, later. no, there is, but it's the only one where he talks like a, you know, after that, he he drops like the me, you know, why you mean me or whatever. Why you say them ugly things? That's true. Yeah, he, he, he loses his, his accent, is what I guess I'm saying. Which yeah. is good, because it's retarded, but that's fine. Also true. I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he still, he maintains his, his noble savage style racism. Also, for, did for, for a while. Have Fu Manchus? Some of them do. They're, they're, they're pretty, they're definitely Orientalist characters. Okay, I just wanted I'm to. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like the, the Badoon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, when they... Yeah, especially, like, the guy with the headdress and the robe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean... So we should maybe back up and let people know where the issue starts. All right. We get introduced to Charlie 27, who was born on planet Jupiter, one of the... Yep. He's genetically engineered to be... to withstand their gravity. Yeah, so he's... And so on. Wide and he's big. Yeah. He kind of looks like... He's very... He's weirdly cylindrical in the first issue. He's like just shaped very strangely. Yeah. Whereas in like the later ones, like he just looks like a big person. In the first issue, he looks kind of like a big cylinder. Yeah, particularly his head is is very yeah yeah oddly shaped. Clearly doesn't have a neck. Well, I guess I should mention that this first issue is written by Arnold Drake and penciled by Gene Colan. Uh, I don't know enough about what they have done in... Gene Colan is... I have no idea who Arnold Drake is, but Gene Colan is like a very, very pretty well-known artist. I mean, he did uh, he a lot of Green Lantern stuff, for example. I'm trying to think what else. He's just generally like 70s. He did Daredevil for a long time. Okay. He did a bunch of Green Lantern stuff at some point. But yeah, so he's definitely got a pretty distinctive art style here. Yeah, I mean, this is not his best work, for sure. I mean, most of his best stuff is actually more like 70s. So, I mean, this is 60... 69, I think? Nine. No, 67. Yeah, 69. Or, so wait, no. 7? Well, the back of my book says Marvel Superheroes 67. I think that means that the first issue of that was in 67, so probably this issue was 69. Probably. Yeah, because this was a January 
But I will say what I find interesting about this one is the panels are not your standard, you know, square layout. He's got a lot of angled panels and a lot of Yeah. You know. I think this is uh yeah, we're getting into the part where they're starting to experiment more. It's it's sort of at a weird weird point. But yeah, it's definitely, definitely not Gene Colan's best work, but it's pretty good. I mean, yeah, it could deal with less like overt racism, but that's fine. I guess it's not overt. What's what's the other one? Covert maybe? Subtle? Subtle. It's not subtle. <laughs> it's not that subtle, no. I mean, um, like, wait, no, but we coded. made this, like, Asian, like, we made this this weird, you know, stereotype guy green, so obviously he's not. So, yeah, so Charlie 27 was returning to yeah, it Jupiter. No, he was in, apparently he was he was doing solitary space militia duty. Yeah, so I guess they kind of send people out in space by themselves to explore and patrol. I guess, and apparently they don't have very good, like, after the light radio or something, because he has no idea that apparently that. Well, he mentions that his hasn't had radio contact in two months. So that's true. Oh, so he's just like, oh, I lost, but I wasn't. He wasn't overly worried about it. He, he figured just sort of it was like, probably his. I figured it was just on the fritz. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Okay. So yeah, also, so he, he lands. He calls himself ahead, a conquering hero, which I think is overstating, like <laughs> doing routine patrols for several months. Yeah, so, well, you know. Yeah. I mean, it just helps establish his personality pretty quick. Yeah, he's, that's true. <laughs> the bad, the, oh, yeah, they've reached, he was, he was, uh, yeah. I guess they knew that they were, uh, coming, but he didn't realize they had gotten so far or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, you know, the page before seems there's no clue that Badoon are a problem. And then here's like, oh, the Badoon. They've reached Jupiter already. They must have cut my radio contact. So maybe yeah. he was out on militia patrol, like in deep space, patrolling for them. Possibly. Like, they were worried about coming into our solar system or something. Yeah, clearly yeah. he's heard of them before. Yes, he's well aware of who they are. So, yeah, he's ambushed by a Badoon patrol. He fights them off and then runs off to uh, Pluto. He goes yeah, to I Pluto. Have question. I have a question, actually, about sure. one of the panels. Like, is he actually seeing his father getting taken to the labor camp? Or is he just imagining his father being I taken? I think he's actually him? seeing him. Yeah, it seems to be implied that there... Because he says he's going to follow it. I have to follow that truck. So, so okay. Right. So he's, he's the he's last roughly... free one, but they had captured everyone else and we were just waiting. Apparently, either they had just him captured him like a minute before he showed up. <laughs> okay. oh, <laughs> I mean, okay. it's possible he arrived like just in time. Oh, like his, his dad, dad being was the second around. to the last? <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, I mean, but it's also possible that they've just been like... Hold- you know, like, oh, there's one more dude or whatever. Let's hold on to these guys and then send them over to Eastern Zone Council Labor Camp-19. That's true, but there's pretty clearly no more room in that transport. No, it's true. I mean, yeah, so he just follows them. Yeah. And then he's off to Pluto. Yeah. Yeah, he decides it's, he can't, there's the camp is too well guarded, so he tries to escape and randomly teleports somewhere because he doesn't have time to set the coordinates and ends up in Pluto. Yeah. Which is similarly abandoned. Yes. Well, and overrun by the Badoon and their Saturnian hound hawk. Yeah. Not that I would expect, you know, Saturnian <laughs> hounds to handle Pluto's atmosphere any better than most humans, but sure. Yeah. Well, they're, they're hound hawks. Yeah. Sure. I, I like the design on the hound yeah. hawks. Those like, are a lot. Good. Yeah, it's kind of too bad. I don't know if I've seen them used since this page. Well, <laughs> you know... <laughs> It's unlikely that he probably... Well, yeah. let's see, if you just go to the page nine, <laughs> yeah. you'll see him. 
They're right there. Next, uh, the next one. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, but I mean, after he escapes from that, I don't think we see them again, even in yeah. like your Badoon fights. So he, he meets a Pluto man who a is Pluvian. a a Pluvian who is made of rock. The Johnny Storm. Yeah. And uh, he's got ice no time and fucking to fight for. Yeah. Well, he's a. I mean, he's a little bit better. Just yeah. like, just like but Charlie. Fly, right. But like, Char- but Charlie doesn't have, isn't stuck in rock form. So he's a slightly yeah. better version of the thing as well. Yeah. Accurate. I've worked all this out just as we eat, hit each character. I have a whole. <laughs> you have a spiel. whole thing. Yeah. I'm curious which one is Mr. Fantastic then. Really? I, you, really? You can't guess which one's going to be mean, Mr. Fantastic. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> I, I well, I, my <laughs> rationale for why, why a certain person is Sue Storm. Is... Yeah, I'm interested in the rationale. I mean, I obviously by, by elimination, I figured out who it is. Yeah. Just, I'm not sure what, what we'll it, why that isn't. Yeah, well, we'll get there, we'll get there when we get there. Yeah. Alright, so he and the, the Pluvian team up. Yeah, so what the hell is this thing about a race war? Well, they're just, you know, like banter. Do, do, do you think that this means that if this if they weren't being conquered, they'd be trying to kill each other now over some sort of racial animosity? I think it does imply. Well, I think so. Well, it implies that, or at least I mean. So, if unparsing the statement, this is no time to fight a race war. You would assume that at some point there is a time. Then <laughs> that's such a right? weird like thing to have the heroes of the story like agree upon. We will so murder anyways, or, right difference. later. Yeah, I mean, anyway, I mean, pretty much, I think it's just that the the crystal guy is tired of Jupiter people telling him how weird he looks. But yeah, but also he's just overreacting to that, I guess, or maybe not guess, overreacting. But, Probably but they're the, they're big jerks about it. But him saying that Pluto was totally evacuated two months ago means the Pluto people knew that these guys yeah. were coming, and they, I guess, they didn't let the Jupiter people know, which also speaks well, to. I think it's possible they didn't. We don't know whether they let the maybe they let the Jupiter people know and they were too proud and decided they wanted to stand and fight or something. Oh, that's true. That's that's. We don't. I mean, this is all you know. I like my interpretation better of just there's this deep seated yeah. hatred between all the Earth derived peoples. Well, then I want to know yeah. where the Pluto refugees escaped to because. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen them show up again. Well, because when, when we get to the, the that Defenders thing, at that point, yeah. it's no longer that they're the last free ones. They're just the last ones. Everyone else got murdered. Well, they're not the last. I mean, there's still Earthmen left over. Right. But yeah. But, but of the, like, adapted for other planets, they're the last Uvian yeah. and Jovian. Yeah. Yeah. I true. hadn't thought of that before. Well, I mean... I mean, presumably so that happens of, off panel. Wow. I mean, maybe yeah. they, after the Pluvians all evacuate, presumably, like, they're, maybe their, like, space arc or whatever is destroyed. Oh. And it like just, in, they just uh, never feature it. Yeah, yeah, like, like in spoilers, preamble to Secret Wars. Yeah, exactly. They're just like, but, oh, we're going to make it. Oh, Krutak. We're not. Yeah, we're not making it, sorry. And then their variant of Doctor Doom creates Pluto well, Battleworld. Yeah. So... Uh, Later on, they will find an escape ship that has one survivor, but that's a Mercurian. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Complete yeah. the set. <laughs> yeah, but again, she is the sole survivor of Mercury, so... Yeah. Apparently, they killed everyone who wasn't on Earth for some reason, and on Earth, well, they just conquered them. It does seem like that these colonies are much smaller populations. Sure. You know, like, like we didn't have a billion people on Pluto. We had yeah. 100,000? Yeah. I don't know. 
<laughs> not not it could a lot. Have been like a, a virus thing. Yes. Like, well, no, no, no. Me, I mean, like they had some sort of disease that wiped out the population, and by the time they got to Earth, they're like, "Oh, Krutak. we're infecting people with. We don't have any servants if they all keep dying, so oh. we're going to inoculate the Earth." But the, again, the Pluvians evacuated two months ago, so maybe, maybe there they was have come in contact with the Badoon. Well, there was. I'm sure. I'm sure there were advanced spies that that like got on the planet somehow. Maybe. Well, then how did they? Well, then how did all the Pluto men die? And women. That's what we said. We don't know. Maybe they all died, like, yeah, essentially later after they let's evacuated. Let's just all agree that it was some sort of viral infection. No, I mean, let's all agree <laughs> that after they evacuated, their spaceship crashed on the sun. I don't know. Well, but that only explains... <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> they Maybe piloted only... it into the sun by accident. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's going to be our explanation. All right. Fine. They, 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 something else. Yeah. Flark it. Um, or it's a dangling plot thread, and sometime in the future they could bring them back as the lost Pluvian oh, colony. Yeah, that it, would that it, could it, happen if they were still bombing the Guardians of the Galaxy. They are. I guess they sort of are. Yeah. Well, at they least they're. There's that cartoon. They have that cartoon, they have yeah, that cartoon now. I, that's not these Guardians, is it? No. no it yes, it definitely is. Disney <laughs> went with these Guardians for their cartoon show. That would be pretty great. Who's these yeah. guys again? These are the Guardians of the Galaxy, kid. Don't you remember? It actually specifically deals with race wars that preceded the invasion by the... <laughs> right. Oh, awesome. It's all it's all about, like, uh, it's like a prequel. like uh, Exactly. Yeah. It's giving you context for these several yeah. issues. This is likely. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so Charlie and Robot. Martin X. Yeah. Hey, can we swear on this podcast? Yes. A little late but... for that. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to ask earlier, but someone wouldn't quit yammering. Well, so even Unlikely. better, you could swear all you want, and I will replace it with uh, Guardians' appropriate swear words in editing. Oh, great! Okay. So, like, so Krutak and yeah. Ragnar, and yeah, yeah. I've been slowly right. making a list as I read comics. Yeah, yeah. And I, with the, the, the Soviet dog with the psychic powers is a major character in the cartoon. Cosmo. Oh, yeah. sweet! I need to watch the cartoon. Excellent. I haven't done that yet because that's pretty good, though. We should watch it, I guess. Yeah. It's a very 1980s uh, cartoon Mm. Russian accent. It's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Where is Cosmo first introduced? I I honestly Uh, don't know. Yeah. Well, I was if like if Abnett invented it for that Guardians run, or no, no, no. I don't think I don't think there's any new characters in that. Okay. And so they summon a bunch of rent a servant robots to distract them. Who kind of annoyed the Badoon enough for them to get into the transporter to go to Earth. Yes. Mother we, Planet Earth. Please. That's right. Yes. At which point we find Vance Astro and Yondu in the uh, the throne room of the Drang. Supreme, Supreme Commander of the Eastern Sector of the Badoon Empire. So right. it's like they're talking Galactic Eastern and that this sec- solar system is all Eastern? Probably. Presumably. Eastern's kind of a so weird term sort of- for space. Well, presumably this is all being translated. Do you think? I mean, do you think the Badoon are speaking English? Fair enough. Maybe if they haven't had time to like teach any of the any of their like no, it's possible. races the language. Plus, they're specifically it's like in, it's like in, they're communicating with a yeah. Earthman that they deeply honor. Sort of. Yeah. Or well, I mean, well, as much as mock, these, yeah, <laughs> as much as these guys seem to care about anything Earth-related, he is the only Earthman permitted to not wear a psychedisc. Yeah, like they honor him. 
But I mean, also that disc might kill him, based upon possibly that. Yeah, well, he seems copper. fragile. He's a thousand years old. Gareth, did you figure out how to turn off your camera just now? There's a setting. No. Oh, okay. low battery, 20% of battery remaining. <laughs> you should maybe plug it in so you don't... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give me a second. So, so if you want to turn the camera off, just wait for a battery. <laughs> hey, don't cut any of this out, Jesse. It's gold. <laughs> I have a question. So when we were originally... You originally, like, accidentally sent me something about this podcast... And you were talking about Adam Warlock. So yeah. he's not one of the like movie Guardians of the Galaxy. So you're just generally talking about people who have at some point in one way or another been in Guardians of the Galaxy? Well, so our initial... So uh, like Iron Man and so on? So our, my he's initial, in Guardians. Okay. I know, no. My initial thing was to go and look at all of the old issues that had any of the five Guardians from the movie in them. Mm-hmm. And oh. the first appearance of Gamora is in uh, Adam Warlock's story. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, yeah. However, because Kit likes Adam Warlock a lot, we've decided to go ahead and expand our oh, coverage to include Adam Warlock. Good, I love Adam Warlock. That's why I was also, that is definitely true. to be fair, that doesn't actually change our scope that much, because there's only a few issues that Adam Warlock appears in from this point forward that don't also include Gamora. Like, yeah, they hang out pretty, a lot. They're pretty joined at the hip. Uh, it's pretty well implied that they were lovers for at least some amount of this time. Uh, I mean, they were definitely were. If you if you yeah. read Adam Warlock and the Infinity Watch, as I know everyone has, it being a media comic from the 90s. Yeah, I'm actually about halfway through it because I've been reading all yeah. sorts of stuff. The uh, Actually, the, the guys that I like the design for, the... The Saturnian Houndhawks? Yeah, yeah. They kind of remind me, when you get to Count Abyss, like some of the creatures that hang out with Count Abyss in um, the Infinity Watch, kind of similar. Anyway. All right. Back on track. Okay, Memory Probe. Yeah, so they want to do the Memory Probe on Major Victory, but he doesn't want that to happen. But he doesn't uh, stop it using his amazing psychic powers. But he does say some pretty mean blurg about Yondu. That's a little later. Yeah, that no, it's not yet. much later. Well, we we have this whole. Well, Gareth's technically correct because this flashback probably only consumes right. like eight seconds of yeah, real <laughs> time. Of right. Real time. But we get three pages of a forced backstory <laughs> flashback to tell yes. us that in 1988, Vance Astro, yeah. not his original name, he renamed it that. He, well, he's, he's named Vance Astrovic, so basically he decided it was, like, too ethnic. <laughs> also, I like that Stan Lee's contribution is math to this particular issue. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ten to the sixth power, one million miles an hour. Yeah, so, you know, because we, we, there's no way you'll ever be able to travel faster than the light, they freeze him and send him on an expedition to Alpha Centauri, and it'll take him a thousand years to get there, and then he's asleep for a very long time, and then he wakes up, and he's greeted by the colony on Alpha Centauri, because 200 years after they left, they learned new physics that allowed for faster than light travel. That's, That's right, Harkovian physics. It replaced Einstein's 800 years ago. Yep. Yeah. That's right. Every Everything is gone for nothing. It's it's actually so, um, the most moving of all the backstories that we receive for these characters. I, yeah, I mean, I think that's accurate. I only now realize when you guys mentioned it, I think actually Jesse mentioned it, that everyone else's people were exterminated. Because, like, I just kind yeah. of glossed over that part. Yeah. Well, I mean, it isn't really, like, like you said in this issue, it's like, uh, yeah, there's all the Pluto people evacuated. All the yeah. Jupiter people are in a work camp, you know? 
I guess they don't really spend a lot of time talking about Yondu's people. But yeah, well, then the so, next issue is like, oh, uh, yeah, they're all the last of their race. So, well, this issue is 3007, and then the next issue takes place in uh, 3014. So there's seven years oh. for Dune to have exterminated everyone. <laughs> so they flarked. up so badly that they got their races exterminated, including one that had managed to successfully <laughs> flee the invaders. Yeah, well, what a really they you know, comic. I know, right? Like, in the past seven years, well, they killed the rest of the Jupiter people and the rest of the, yeah. you know, Pluto people. Our, and uh, Our worthless freedom fighting. Well, yeah. But then luckily I mean, Captain America came along, which I'm sure Garrett I know, right? <laughs> right. Well, let's go yeah. ahead and maybe wrap up this issue so we can oh, get yeah, to yeah. Captain America. So we, right. so, so we go through, through Vance Astor's flashback of how he left the world of 1988 for the world of 2088, and then spent 20 years in the world of 2088, so to speak. And uh, now he has psychic powers that they don't ever discuss how he how he got. Maybe no, he clearly a, says, uh, where have you been? I thought everybody Where does he say it? Page 24 on mine, I don't know exactly. Where have you been? I thought everybody knew about the thousand-year-old man who learned to harness psychic energy. <laughs> that is the worst <laughs> acquisition story ever. <laughs> He learned how to do it. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, so he comes back and then he is a big jerk to Yondu, possibly because he's, I mean, he doesn't seem to indicate that he knows that Yondu can control the arrow. Uh, no, they're pretty sure traveling companions. It's pretty uh, clear. That... says, why do you say that ugly things about me, Copper Man? How else could I get my hands on your bow and Yaka arrow? Oh, you're right. Okay. Tight. My psych pusher. No, I, you're right. I, 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 was, I was being too harsh on, on him. Yeah. yeah, so, well, I mean, to be fair, in later issues, he's pretty much a jerk. Yeah, he's but, a I mean, this thousand-year-old man. But he wasn't, like, ready to murder Yondu for basically no reason, so that's good. All right. Oh, no, is that I, what I you think... thought? <laughs> I don't know why I just... tried to murder him this entire time? Not I presume <laughs> that he knew the powers of his sidekick, and so he was... Cause yeah, they, like, that's he... what I thought. I, I, no, I, he... I didn't read this. I didn't, I didn't read this <laughs> section closely enough, I think, because I, I, for some reason I didn't realize that they... No, I was just, I was just like, man, Gareth is judging this character so freaking harshly compared to no, how no, he really... I totally missed. I mean, I definitely misread that. Well, that's yeah. Like... Well, if he's trying to murder his friend, of course you should treat him harshly. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Specifically, like they give him a gun. He's like, no, no, a gun's too good. Let me use his own bow and arrow because that'll be. You yeah, know. no, that's yeah. good. Uh, yeah, so we should mention that the reason right. he's using the bow and arrow. Psychic powers. Because Yondu can whistle and make it move around. Which yeah, he can control the arrows. Um, that's pretty good. Yeah, and so well, I think it also does it cause an explosion? Well, it said, yes. and the uncanny mineral has more than one deadly secret. Yeah, I don't know, and they the, blow up. I think. Okay, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, or, sure. Or a lightning bolt? I, I remember uh-huh. them being lightning bolts later. I mean, like in the, the issues I've read later, like because I mostly remember reading this stuff around like the the Korvac stuff with the Avengers crossovers, and I mm. remember I remember definitely them being like lightning arrows. I haven't right, read that so, stuff in a long time though. All right, so they they escape. So. I should also yep. mention Yondu is in the movie. Really? What movie? Yeah, the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. When is Yondu in that movie? He's the, he's dude the blue who pirate dude. Pirate thing? Oh, yeah. Is that guy actually Yondu? That guy is actually Yondu. Uh, they didn't give him a high mohawk thing, but but yeah, didn't there's they, that. Didn't they it, call him Yondu in the movie? They do call really? him Yondu, and that explains why you know there's that scene where he like whistles in his arrow thing, like kills a dozen guys. Oh, Have you... huh. I haven't seen that in a while. Huh. So yeah, no, I mean, it, I I'm didn't not realize... sure I missed that the first time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, based upon your <laughs> Vance trying to murder Yondu <laughs> performance, I think we all yeah, have no, a good... I, yeah, huh? Michael Rooker. 
Huh. Yeah. Anyway. So, right. so yeah, so oddly they chose to, to bring him into the, the movie yeah. universe. They use his psych pusher to fly. Yeah, I, presumably that's just him giving names to his random psychic <laughs> power usages. But yeah. So do you think he's self-taught, and that's why he has such weird names for all his powers? Yeah, I, I assume he's like he's like a you know manga hero or something, where he's just come up with names for all of his power. You know, every time he uses a power, he describes it, and <laughs> you, you know, he's given everything like a special move name, like a fighting game character. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So then they they get to the teleporter, of course, and then they have a classic first time heroes yeah. meeting where they mistake yeah. each other for bad guys yes. and throw down, mm-hmm. even though they're clearly not all, my dude. Yeah, not my dude. <laughs> I know exactly. Well, they well, certainly. Uh, like after like two pages of fighting, Van Astro looks at Charlie Twenty Seven and says, "Wait, you're not a Badoon." <laughs> So, I mean, oh, okay. Uh, Vance Astro is Mr. Fantastic, and Yondu is uh, Sue Storm. Is Yondu Sue Storm because he can, his arrows are some, in some way like her force bubbles, or what? Uh, It's mostly because, like, well, I could see leadership roles, Vance is much more like Mr. Fantastic, but power wise, the psychic powers are much more like Sue Storm's, I'd say. It's true, but but Yondu yeah, but Yondu's really... powers are not at all like. Uh, yeah, Yondu doesn't fantastic. fit Mister Fantastic at all, so he gets slotted into the Sue Storm role kind of by default. Maybe it, maybe wouldn't it? Also, maybe he we has should the redo it. Hair. Well, or you could. Why don't we? Why don't you just do it as one of the different? Like maybe we should be thinking of them as like the Ghost Rider, Spider Man, <laughs> uh, the Hulk, Hulk, and uh, who's the fourth guy? Who's that weird pet? Remember? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Sue Storm. Sue Storm. All right. He can't or Malice. Could be Malice. Could so, be. All right. Yeah. So they the fight. final page. They finally go. Wait, you're not Badoon, and they turn around and beat up a bunch of Badoons, and then they kind of sort of wander off into the sunset, singing, "We shall, Earth shall overcome." I don't know why he felt like he needed to change it. Like, because it's usually we, it's we shall overcome, but I don't, so I don't know why he felt like he needed to change that to Earth, because. Yeah, no, no it doesn't. good reason, other it's than to be more sci-fi-y. Injury. Yeah, sci-fi. Yeah. Alright. So, so yeah, yeah, that leaves them for probably a few years, I'm not quite sure what. Yeah, it's like, uh, supposed to be seven, seven years. Seven years. Yeah, so Marvel 2 and 1, number 5, must be in 1974. Uh, strictly so speaking, there's... Do they have a brief appearance in number 4. Yeah. Or they don't actually, but there's a... There's a mention of them. Number 4 sets up what's going on. Yeah. So we can give a quick summary of, of number four. There's a team up with the thing and Captain like a, America. Yeah. And, well, and Marvel and, 2 and 1 consists entirely, entirely of team ups between the thing and somebody. So. Right. So, so anyway, the, the bulk of that issue is thing and Captain America doing like something a weird, that doesn't matter. Hey, and then they come back at the circus. At the circus. Then they come back to the yeah, Baxter they building. go back, they go back to the Baxter building and the thing accidentally triggers Dr. Doom's time platform, which Reed just has sitting around. <laughs> right, which has been they've like had that hanging around forever because that's an early yeah. Fantastic Four issue, right? Uh, uh, the time yes. where they go back and the thing is uh, Blackbeard. Yeah, it's it's number five. I, but I yeah, apparently say, Reed has been making some modifications to it, so so that they can see the future. I will say Literally. I had never really read any uh, '60s or '70s issues with Medusa, so her kind of appearance and hair was not quite what I expected. Really? Well, she, I, look, I like, she doesn't really look any different now, does she? Well, it's just I don't know. I, I mean, mean, she's not much different, but it's just got this '70s look to it that I well, can't yeah, quite describe. But anyway, uh, they actually press a button, and someone yeah. from the 
year 3014 appears and tells them about how terrible the Badoon invasion is. So Captain yeah. America, Sharon Carter, Terran, yeah. and the Thing go to the future to investigate. Yeah. Then they encounter some Badoon and get beaten up because they have a, a the monster of Badoon, which is... Yeah, well, first they have to fight the Zoms. Oh, that's right. Who yeah. are like, as far as I can tell, people who the Badoon have turned into basically zombies. Yeah, they've got these By, uh, helmet thingy or headbands yeah, on. They were men once, these glassy-eyed servitors of the Badoon. Now they are but living machines. Their capacity uh-huh. to think destroyed by Badoon methods of psychosurgery, Heron explained. They beat those guys up and then, uh, yeah, they I get captured by a monster. That makes them not human anymore. Yeah. I'm going to disagree with that philosophically. Yeah? Yeah, so if, like, somebody's lobotomized, I don't then consider them non-human. So we should also mention that this is now writer Steve Gerber and artist Sal Buscema. Buscema? How do you pronounce that? Uh, I've mm. always said it Buscema, but Buscema. I've never actually said it aloud very often. So I don't That's know. reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think from here on, like most of the, the Guardian stuff is Steve Gerber until you get to some of the... Yeah, he, the re- most of the rest of this volume is a lot of Steve Gerber. In the very end, it's Roger Stern who takes over. Although, just as a side note, I like, so in the back of this book, there's a little page by Roger Stern that he's like, yeah, so uh, I was brought in to take over Guardians of the Galaxy, and I got to write part two of the two-part origin of Starhawk, and uh, when Steve brought me the preceding issues, I'm like, wow, this is really bizarre. How does it end? And Steve's like, I haven't figured it out yet. Go ahead. Fair enough. So, one of those fun 70s transitions in Marvel of, here, write something new. Yeah. But Gerber did work on the Guardian stuff for quite some time, because I think he does the Defenders part as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, issue five of Marvel 2-in-1 starts with the captured thing, Captain America and Sharon Carter brought to our familiar Badoon throne. Yeah. They look, they're all... He doesn't have his his head his headdress looks a little different, but uh, yeah, it's got a bit of a redesign, but it's but the but the the other guy still has the Fu Manchu mustache, so yes, <laughs> you know, one step forward, two steps <laughs> back. Oh, and so they once again put Captain America in the mental probe, so they can get a quick page recap of the previous yeah. issue. It's convenient. <laughs> yeah, it's very convenient. We should have one of these in all the stories. Yeah. Yeah. I do like that they mentioned that one of the reasons Captain America wanted to come was because he found out that they had named their spaceship Captain America. That is true. <laughs> the Guardians do fly around in the Captain America. Yeah, that's the name of their spaceship. I mean, it's a pretty good name for a spaceship. Yeah, well, it's one it's of the really, greatest heroes. Yeah. So, you know, here they are. So, yeah, the thing uh, has only been faking sleep for a little while and wakes up to smash the Badoon monster into the machine, which electrocutes him. Yeah. I don't think he was faking. Yeah, I think he just regained consciousness quicker than they thought he would. Okay. At least there's not really anything here that that implies that he was faking it versus just, like, woke up early. They yeah. probably just thought that he would be out longer. But ultimately, the electrocution doesn't really seem to do that much. Well, it at least knocks out the yeah. beast long enough for them to escape to the street. That's true. I really like that panel of the thing going, ZOOM! And, like, the guys flying everywhere. That one dude's face in the lower right-hand corner is pretty <laughs> yeah. awesome. Boom. Yeah, this is a, it's got the spit strings and everything. Reminds me of Bathwam, only, of course, <laughs> a different context. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> uh, Hopefully. So, yeah, so they're escaping outside, and the thing gets to throw a car at some people. That's pretty cool. A future sort car. Of, 
future car, of course. Well, yeah. It still has wheels. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if it works. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, know. Like the fact that, that Captain America warns as as he's heading for the car. He's like, "Wait, you don't know how to drive that car." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Captain America is kind of. It, a it looks basically like a regular. I mean, it has a steering wheel and everything. I assume it kind of looks like it's pretty much just a regular car. Yeah, yeah we probably figured out, but not after they yeah. throw it into all the guys. Yeah, I know it's probably not gonna be able to drive then. So. It could also be that he just doesn't think Ben Grimm can drive. It's possible. pretty much any well, car. Maybe, just, maybe. Well, I mean. Unless the car is like heavily reinforced, he probably yeah. He's just gonna like yeah. He just sort of sits in it, and then the chair collapses, and he tries to hit a pedal, and the pedal is completely destroyed, and then so on. He's not probably a good driver. I mean, presumably Reed has built him a car if he wanted to, but he lives in New York, so probably just takes the subway everywhere. I don't have a fantastic car. Probably would crush the subway. They have the fantastic car, but that is just like a flying bathtub, so it's kind of (laughs) not always the way to get. He woke up the ladies. Well, I mean, admittedly, his main girlfriend is blind, so yeah, you could tell her it looks like anything, really. <laughs> I said, "What's the car? Like? It looks like a, it's a flying uh, Ferrari doll." <laughs> don't worry, Alicia. We don't look like idiots. <laughs> Although, don't they eventually break up and like Alicia marries Johnny or something crazy? That was a scroll. Oh, okay. I should mention the thing has joined the Guardians of the Galaxy in the new. Oh well, you'll have to do. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I do like that uh, Sharon Carter gets a gun and uh, shoots she's people, blasting away. Yeah, you know. Well, she's an agent of Shield, so in bell bottoms. <laughs> yes, she's very stylish in her. Well, yeah. All right, so they beat up a bunch of Badoon, and then they manage to escape. Again. And meanwhile, Taryn is who was the girl who got transported before, is explaining to the Resistance that these guys have showed up and that they should help them. Yeah, to a guy who looks like Doctor Strange's, like, great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandkid. Maybe. I mean, yeah. All right. His name is Zakor, so. Yeah. (laughs) So definitely someone Doctor Strange might have (laughs) Possibly. (laughs) Zakor. (laughs) So, yes, after reports of the carnage in the streets, they finally are convinced to summon yeah. back the Guardians of the Galaxy who were presumably yeah. on the run in they space. Yeah. Yep, the last survivor of the 20th century, the last survivor of Earth's Jupiter colony, and the the last survivor of Earth's Plutonity colony, and Yondu, last of a race of a barbarians. So he's like actually an, an alien, I guess. Yeah, so so he was the natives. He's, the, he's yeah. literally the Native Americans in Alpha Centauri. Yeah, yeah, the native of Alpha. He's the indigenous people of Alpha Centauri who we presumably <laughs> brought, you know, culture to or whatever we would right. say at the time. So that's the future. And and they all have new costumes now, except for Martinex, who is still naked. Vance Astro is no longer just purple. purple. Yeah, he's he's more he uh, white blue with a I little star. I actually like his, his costume a lot. Yeah, yeah he, he's it's much costume. better now. But uh, underneath that costume is still the purple probably yeah it's just now he's wearing something over it he's basically put spandex over his copper foil or whatever i should mention yeah. that uh when we look at the starship captain america it looks <laughs> very star trek like <laughs> i don't know what prize i mean it's, it's literally just the enterprise <laughs> i guess the disc is in a like a slightly different position well right but, it's like you flip the other sides upside down and that's pretty much it you know that it's in space so you don't actually need to well, I know, but that was drawn in a particular orientation. Well, it's for... it's like the angle of the things is slightly... I mean, it's the yeah. Starship Enterprise. It's literally... It's 100% copyright infringement. But uh, no one cared because, I mean, 
Star Trek yeah. had been off the air for many years, and no one assumed it was coming back, probably. I don't know. When did Star Trek come back? Actually, uh, the movie was around this time, wasn't it? Probably. Sure. I mean, Next Generation was late 80s, but... Yeah, this is much before that, but I think the movie, the, the first movie is probably around this time. Anyway, they get away with it because no one cares. Because no one was probably reading this comic anyway. <laughs> Alright. Cool. I'm being too mean. I mean, it, it actually probably, it, it wasn't that, that. Anyway, so they get the communication and, and they see that Captain America is there. So down they, they go. Down they go and they team up and between yeah. the seven of them, they pretty much liberate New York. <laughs> yes. Charlie 27 definitely looks like a person now rather than like a weird, like, yeah, like now he's, he's, very div- he's yeah. probably the most different looking from his previous incarnation. I mean, now he's wearing some sort of oh. like wrestler mask, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, he's now looks like a Look squat this. person instead of a barrel. Uh, yes. Which yeah. changes colors depending on what page you're on. <laughs> yeah, so does, uh, Vance Astros. Well, that's the 70s. And Yondo has a star, too. I think that's just, you know, the Guardians have stars, except for Martin X, who can't be bothered to wear <laughs> Well, he can't wear, he doesn't wear clothes because he's yeah. a crystal. Yeah. Presumably he, you know, reproduces by, like, chipping off parts of his body or something. I don't know. Gross. He's never, ever specified, I am sure. Well, I mean, he's the last of his people, so, you know. They go back over the only interesting origin story. <laughs> and then they have space farming implements. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I do like how they mentioned that guy has like the sickle and stuff back there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the space bomb. The guy, the guy that one of the guys just has like a club. It's just like a piece of wood that he found. I do have to <laughs> mention out of a museum or something. I, I, I do like that Vance mentions that he met the Falcon back in 1972. Yeah. yeah well, he you doesn't think that's mention a reference to like they either before that or after that actually had some issue where the Falcon and him met? I'm going to say no. I mean, they do have him meet the Defenders in the next crossover. Yeah. He doesn't actually say that he met the Falcon. He says oh, he, he saw, saw you oh. and the Falcon in person. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, he, he saw them. So definitely and in 1972, not... he would have been probably like... Ten. He was ten, so I mean... So if we just find an issue from 1972 with the Falcon... And Captain America doing something, and there's a kid somewhere in the background. We can yeah. assume that is. Well, him. I mean, like at one at one point, a big part of the series was they actually spend like I think with the, the '90s series, they spend a bunch of time in the past watching over Vance to make sure he doesn't get killed or something, like to destroy history or whatever. Well, they do meet Vance. Yeah, I know they meet him in the Defender series. But I'm pretty sure it's like the late, the 90s series where they spend a bunch of time like in the 20th century just like hanging out, making sure that he doesn't die. Okay. Not totally sure about that, to be honest. So yeah, so then they storm the palace gates and yeah. get a team up yep. with Charlie 27 and the thing doing thwammo on the monster of the doom. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then a great single yep. page group shot of everyone fighting different Badoon in different spots. For this is war, and people die in wars, both the bad guys and the good. And whoever dies more loses. That was really good. I was really surprised that something of that quality yeah. showed up in this comic. Well, we're talking about the creator of Howard the Duck here. Come on. It, it, well, I assume this wasn't a passion project for him. No, I don't think so. At least not this issue. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so having freed New York, they... uh Go back to yeah. the rendezvous spot to be time teleported back home. Yep. Uh, 
back into Legend again. So my main disappointment for this one is the fact that, like, it takes them most of the issue just to get to the team up with the Guardians, and so you only get, like, a little bit of Guardians near the end. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I guess it's about half the issue, but still. Yeah, well, I mean... But, like, you don't get a whole lot of actual Guardian interactions. You know, there's a lot of cool fight scenes where they're smashing people. Yeah. I guess that's okay. I think that's what <laughs> most people tuned in for, to be honest. That's, that's fair. But, like, I can say like, I like the Defenders a lot better because, you know, not only did it have Doctor Strange and cool stuff, but it also has a lot more of the Guardians doing things. Yeah. Well, I mean... Y- Yandu doesn't even get a line in this no, he does. issue. Yeah, he does. When they, uh, when they first attack, he, for all the power of their flash guns, still they flee from my lightning bolt. Oh, uh, yeah. So one line. One for the ages, but it's not said in his, at least it's not said in his ridiculous, still them flee from lightning bow or something. I mean, at least yeah. it's grammatically correct. Is that his only line? I think it's his only line. I think so. Still. Well, that's their first appearance. Yeah, so that is the original Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, that's some of, I mean. Well, right, they, they haven't gotten to Starhawk Add some new people Mickey. to the team later. Who aren't nearly as awesome. I, I mean, Starhawk is kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, eventually they're, they're, we find out that their greatest enemy is a man who is fused with his death. So. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which is, which is Korvac's backstory. <laughs> so just keep that in mind. Yeah, so like I said, I found it interesting they decided to lift Yondu and put him in the movie. Yeah, that is weird, especially because they basically made him a completely different character. Yeah, I mean... Well, I mean, it's a good good visual. Like, him whistling his weapon. Yeah, I agree. Like, I mean, so if you're going to, like, take a character, taking someone who's visually and auditorily interesting versus, like, kind of, oh, this person's really strong, seems like a good play. I mean, the... Yeah, it seems like they could have they could have just chosen any of I mean just had them be any uh Centauri or whatever, right? They yeah. it, it didn't seem like this was a specific. I mean, obviously it's specific to him now because all the other Centauri people are dead. But I mean, it didn't seem like his whistling no like arrow thing is, well, is specific so, to him so much as just clearly the Yondu in the movie since it's you know taking place in the two thousands is uh oh, it's his you know great, this Yondu great, is great great great, 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 yeah. Yeah, could be, could be. All right, I mean, he is an older dude, so yeah. maybe it's just Yondu, you know, battle wary and uh, not believing in heroism anymore, but not quite being able to let it be extinguished in his heart. Right. Well, it didn't have that Vance Astro to look up to, so. Well, did he travel a thousand years in the past, or I mean, because <laughs> yeah. I don't think I think Guardians of the Galaxy doesn't take place in the year three thousand fourteen or anything. No, oh, it no. almost certainly pretty, takes place. Pretty sure it doesn't. It takes there's place like contemporary. A, yeah, right. the uh, early the, the scene in the beginning where he has the yeah yeah yeah. I don't know. Uh, so maybe it's a, they just wanted him to. Yeah, well, it, it's definitely yeah. a slightly different continuity in the movies, you know, in general. Yeah. Thanks for listening to another episode of Cosmic Tales. If you'd like to leave feedback, you can email guardians at cosmictales.com or find us on Twitter at Cosmic Tales. Join us next episode where we meet Gamora and Adam Warlock. Mm-hmm.